The Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop would like to humbly extend its deepest condolences and prayers to the family and friends of Jamin Pugh, a.k.a. Jay Briscoe, who was tragically lost on Tuesday, January the 17th, in a uh, very tragic accident. Uh, he will be sorely missed by fans and family and his friends as well. This show is dedicated to his life and memory. Thank you, Jay Briscoe, for everything. for the sky boy oh shit sunday night baby new york city the big roh 10 year anniversary shit's going down 10 years baby man it's crazy when you think about it it's been 10 years already seems like just yesterday i was wrestling amazing red but you know how the old saying goes time flies when you whooping ass the boy been whooping ass for 10 years now we can sit here and tell you how we've been whooping ass for 10 years. Like Samoa Joe ass, CM Punk ass, Brian Daniel ass, Chris Daniel ass, Thomas Hyde ass, another such ass is uh, Brian Kendrick, Evan Bourne, Mitch Franklin, Paul London, AJ Styles. But we don't got time for that nah, right now. Nah, ain't no time for all that. Ain't no time to sit back and reminisce. We'll do that shit when we old and retired. Ain't no time to be reminiscing, cause in case y'all can't tell, the Briscoes is on a war path right now. And we mowing down anybody to get in the way. And it just so happens that the Young Bucks, y'all boys right in the line of fire. But when I see the Young Bucks, man, I can't help but think, y'all look like two little girls, man. Y'all look like two pretty little girls. And when I see two pretty little girls, being the gentleman that I am, I write them a poem. So here's to y'all, young bucks. <clears throat> Roses is red, violets is blue. The young bucks got long put of hair like a girl do. So Sunday in New York, we're gonna have to make them our bitches. And y'all probably gonna go back to California with stitches. Now if y'all can't be in New York to watch us make them girls scream and holler, you can order that some bitch on pay-per-view. It's only $10. Go fight live.tv, baby. Big 10 year anniversary. You don't want to miss this shit. I promise you. <laughs> that was beautiful. No cap, that does sell a pay per view. <laughs> that is, was the perfect promo from the late great Jay Briscoe and his brother Mark Briscoe. God bless Mark, uh, the, the Delaware chicken. Man. So. I was telling Swab uh, before we I brought this on, I was gonna drop that promo. Swab hadn't heard that one, and uh, no, it, my it, first time. It was the, the reason I said it was the perfect promo is because you 
you, it's old school. You you hype up the talent that's around you. You big up your opponents, and then you insult your opponents. Then you sell the venue and the event, and tell them how much it costs. They they hit all the marks. Who, what, when, and how. So when you hear the idea of talking someone into the building. That's how you do it because you're giving them all the information to get into the building and be a part of the spectacle. You and I had the privilege of going to Ring of Honor Final Battle back in, uh, I'm sorry, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor back April of uh, 2022. Super, super, super card. Like, keep it a buck, Suave. Yeah. What got you in the building? Oh, we only went for one reason. We went for Briscoe versus FTR. (laughs) <laughs> and how how did we get that was it because they were on the card or did we were we sold on the idea based on a little some talking we were sold on the idea based on talking because you because one group one team couldn't get on television and the shit that they said on social media was like you know what if we ain't there we're missing something special and thank goodness thank goodness I had the wherewithal to go ahead and Record just some of the crowd noise, even though we were up in, you know, I can't. We can't really call it nosebleeds because the venue was no. was an intimate venue, and we had we great a, seats. We were in the Catbird Media seat, and man, oh man, I, the fact that they had not one but two matches in this area, and because of previous commitments, we had to miss the second one, and it, and it was literally, literally in your backyard. Like yeah, you, you could have yeah. walked to the venue. Well, nah, except, I except for it was raining, but <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna do it if it was dry outside. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm free. Yep, but yeah, this is uh this is your Broken Pistol Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and Radio Show YouTube exclusive. Um, this is this is our uh this this is of course everything we do is unconventional, but this is our Jay Briscoe tribute show. Um, I, I don't like. To, it, unbelievable is the only word that comes to mind. Like it's shocking. Someone at the at the top of their game. This man been wrestling almost twenty years with his brother, and uh, it, it might be exactly twenty years. It was at the very first Ring of Honor show. Uh, he left this earth as a Ring of Honor tag team champion. Not to mention a House of Glory tag team champion as well. Uh, just you know thoughts and prayers to his family his girls you know and prayers for his, his one, one of his girls actually had a uh, had surgery uh to help with her with her back from a gruesome back injury that was sustained in the accident but uh and through all that one of the greatest teams of this generation who would have never got the chance to showcase the talent on a scale that was that they were worthy of like when you cut your teeth in anything, you scratch and claw. Like we, with me DJing, like I, I, I've done everything from play small venues with virtually no crowd, uh, have venues closed early because no one was there, uh, carried equipment in. Sometimes didn't spend when I carried equipment in for for the headlining DJ to only work uh, to being the headlining DJ, um, to opening up shows as a as a DJ for artists to headlining shows with artists 
and I mean, and you you could attest to all things from a performance side to, uh, uh, and also a DJ side, Suave. And these are truths. These uh, the Briscoes embodied that, especially coming in from at Ring of Honor. There's early footage of them in Impact or TNA at the time, where they were an unrecognizable tag team. We didn't know how special they were going to be. Um, their clothes were huge because they they you know they were teenagers, and uh, and here we are, twenty years later, de- highly decorated tag team champions, multiple organizations, never went to WWE. Um, Signed to an eight, signed to a company that was purchased by AEW. So essentially, they were AEW property, an AEW entity. Uh, tag team champions for a partner company with AEW in Impact, and couldn't show up on AEW television simply because of something that we we highlighted on one of our episodes, which was a what we believed to be at the time poor judgment and in uh, words. Uh, timing but at the same time the, he was in character because he was always in character and by that promo that you just heard he's always been a character because that promo was about 10 years ago that was a while ago and all the promos that you will find on the internet are of similar vitriol similar language something that you would never catch on public television <laughs> I mean and so they were punished by the ills of their past. Oh, I'm sorry. Jay was Jay had the team punished by the ills of his past, simply not from a corporate standpoint, i.e. the organization that hired them, but from the network from which the, uh, the organization was being shown. This is the bag you want to lose because you decide you want to beat your chest as a network and, and as, a, as a company? Well, okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate just a little bit. Just for the sake of a bigger conversation that we're gonna have that goes with this. There are some mistakes that you can't come back from with certain people. So while I do see as a wrestling fan, I'm like, this is petty. This is stopping me from getting the content I want. The other side of the coin, and you and I both know this, this is more my attitude than yours, but I'm very much one and done with matters of bullshit. <laughs> like, you cross me in any way, I'm one and done with you. And it's fuck you. If it's fuck you, it's fuck you forever. And apparently, it's like, it sounds really, when you say it out loud, it sounds really, really, really fucked up. But it's it's true for a lot of people. It's fuck you even in death. Like, you going on to the next life is not even enough for me to take the foot off the gas. Mm. So... I understand that that energy exists. I can't lie and say I've never felt that for anybody. It's it's very unfortunate that it took place here 
because it stopped it robbed it robbed a lot of people of a lot of content and there are some people who are not going to get their flowers like they should because of it and that's the sadder part man now go ahead I'm sorry I was just going to say however it opens a completely new conversation about things that we've discussed on previous episodes about how the business side of professional wrestling is changing and where some people might bring up Warner Media and their involvement with other projects and why they haven't taken certain actions against certain people it's because the structure of Hollywood is far different than the structure of professional wrestling so there's a screen actors guild essentially there is a union for actors and actresses to belong to that protects them from certain actions being taken against them even when they fuck up pro wrestling doesn't have that pro wrestling doesn't have a union pro wrestling doesn't have an, an organization designed to protect them this is part of you know Andrew Yang's argument that wrestlers because of the nature of performance are actually Screen Actors Guild eligible they show up weekly episodic television Uh, part of what they do is scripted Um, there's an element of performance that's involved and then there's also the physical danger part of it so that going along with the idea that there's the floating cloud or the floating thought that no compete clauses are going to be or could possibly become obsolete now you're dealing with situations where tightrope no safety net you're an independent contractor that can be fired and won't be compensated while you look for new work so now things like that they come into play as as far as professional wrestling as far as the talent side is going to have to become more savvy about how they do business because the business side of professional wrestling is absolutely changing and at some point if it becomes that um, professional wrestling has an active unionized situation to protect themselves from things like this and other employment issues I think Jay Briscoe's legacy changes because essentially he becomes a martyr in a way for career evolution for more context for this this whole the union conversation and the fact that a a good Pete Washington the the entire dichotomy of Jay Briscoe's body of work would never be seen on network television um and, and, and of course, none of it ever was while he was uh, while he was living. I mean, with the exception of his, his time and impact. Now was cable, not even network, for that matter. Um, 
Tony Khan did the the ultimate the ultimate tribute by having talent flown in people he worked with people he he was friends with people that that weren't scheduled to be at an AEW Dynamite live show slash Rampage taping and after the Dynamite show had a Jay Briscoe tribute show live in the same arena and it was not to be aired on any of the Warner Discovery networks that was affiliated with the AEW contract but instead was aired for free with no paywall as Tony Khan put it on Fight TV which is amazing which he also doubled down and said this will not maneuver this will not be the last Jay Briscoe tribute that you will see. Uh, you said it's petty. No, a, a heady. Oh, dude. heady. Oh, it's extra like, classy. This, In fact, this, I, I, I classy go, and heady. And I would look at it in a way to say, like, this is the type of stuff that Kanos is capable of when he puts his mind to it. And this is, I mean, we we know to a fault Tony Khan is the ultimate human. And yeah, that, that's a good way to describe it. But having humanity is a whole other conversation. And this shows the humanity or the, the humanitarian that Tony Khan is. He actually cares for his people. And, uh, and I'm sure that's the, that, that would be debated because, you know, there are people that work for him that, you know, don't like you as, as with any organization, any any we've, company. We've we've had we've held, heard and had a few stories told us now. Back, but back, back to the union piece, right? The 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 basis of a union for more than anything else is collective bargaining. Now, what that means breaks down mm-hmm. to a number, a number of facets. It could mean pay. It could mean, and, and not just necessarily like what one gets paid, but structured pay. Like yes. If now you, we're gonna we're gonna have a defined floor and ceiling. Yep, and, and middle ground for that matter. Facts. Uh, we we may end up with tenured pay, terms and condition of uh, of pay, including uh, bonus structure, if applicable. Uh, the the biggest piece beyond pay is insurance, health, and life. Mm. Um, as what it qualifies and disqualifies you from having health insurance? Are they? Do you end up with another situation where? Um, where you bring back a, a wellness policy essentially because now you're an employee so now you don't have the uh, the ability to put money down to skirt part of the testing process you just have to be clean you have a a body who acts as a a mouthpiece for a a larger body mm-hmm. so are you, or sorry so you have a smaller collective should I say that acts as a mouthpiece for a larger body uh, retirement benefits, right? How many times have we seen someone having to retire due to injury, retire because of a family issue? Um, how many times we see people uh, complain about scheduling, get allegedly held hostage for their contracts because they have to go home or are being told that they can't for X, Y, or Z? These are things that unions negotiate by and large. And as far as the insurance is concerned, the the smaller the smaller unit, the representation for the union goes to negotiate things like what the company is going to pay 
what percentage the company's going to pay to the to the larger larger farmer, larger medical, on behalf of its contracted employees. Considering pro wrestling is a well, let's let's back let's take it back to the eighties. The reason why Vince McMahon went away from the term pro wrestling, and so it's been told. I'm not I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth. I can I'm saying I'm saying now for legal reasons. I'm paraphrasing. The reason why he got away from the term pro wrestling and went to sports entertainment is so that it wouldn't be looked at as athletic competition. Because when you have an athletic competition in each state, you have an athletic commission, which mm. you have to pay, and you have uh, laws and bylaws by each athletic commission. In some cases, you have to pay for or you have to have uh, a certain amount of medical personnel on staff backstage in the event of a medical emergency when you're running an athletic competition. I'm looking at you, New Jack. Rest in peace. Think about the New Jack Vic Grimes situation. If this were considered pro wrestling and you had to go through athletic commission, which ECW, I'm sorry, uh, XPW was. Um who consider pro wrestling but if that match happened in WWE they wouldn't have to go by the same rules and guidelines a smaller organization or smaller organization like XPW would have had to go through simply because they're not classified as pro wrestling more so than sports entertainment mm. these are things that the union goes to uh, goes to bat for and the union will be represented we'll say AEW has well, I, I'm just going to throw the number out here. We did it before. 200. 200 contracted employees. 200 contracted wrestlers. And the wrestlers are the only people that could be part of the union based on their job, their job title and job description. You may have a representation of maybe two to five people that uh, encompass the, the local chapter for a union in that organization. Imagine the conversations just on deciding who's going to be in charge. Right. And there and there's a voting structure there. They follow unions, follow Robert's rules of order. Um, Going a little bit deeper into depth on this. Right. This is. Um, <coughs> excuse me. According to UFCW.org, seven steps to organizing a union in your workplace. Talk to your coworkers. Talk to a union organizer, start a committee, know your rights, sign union support cards, vote, negotiate your contract. And it's talking about the union contract, not your independent contractor or employer contract or employee contract. That's just one aspect of it, right? Now, here we are with major organizations off the top of the head, WWE, AEW, Impact, um, and when you start talking about oh, and Ring of Honor, which is also AEW, and then you start and then New, New Japan, which is international. Then you start talking about independent organizations like Progress or um, uh, HOG, um, uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Uh, and then, of course, you start going even smaller, like um, Jersey All Pro. Um, Maryland Championship, Championship Wrestling from Florida, uh, sorry, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, rather. Uh, what's 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 the the National Wrestling Alliance, which should be in the higher uh, conversation, which in the 80s, 70s, 60s, and before that would have been, but now it's not. It's 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 totally independent. 
and then <laughs> excuse me then we go into like like in texas you have the you know dfw uh all pro dfw pro and vip pro uh uh texoma pro uh world class uh there's so many smaller organizations a union could essentially disintegrate the smaller organizations from even existing internet wrestling as you know it would be in, into dust if the industry became unionized um chapters will be started between between organizations because you couldn't have one governing body for a union for people that are under uh the the guise of a tony khan or a, a vince mcmahon slash nick khan um there there are too many steps to this all all in the name of being defended right now right. how how does all of the things that i just named tie back into a posthumous jay briscoe just from what we discussed before um there's in the situation where the pro wrestling talent side is unionized you can stage a walkout a sit-in whatever form of protest they they so choose Similar to anything in pro sports, if one person is being misrepresented or mishandled by whether it be a promoter, whether it be a sponsor, a television entity, whatever the case may be, if the union finds fault with, you know, the collective bargaining agreement or feel like feels like it's being violated in any way, pardon the phrase, but they can take a knee. And won't nothing move. That's dangerous and, for a TV product, but go ahead. Bruh, especially a TV product that deals in live television. So the way people um, you know, backlashed and had all these things to say about Naomi and Sasha Banks, that could have been an issue that sparked a complete, you know, labor stoppage. So for those people who are looking at Jay Briscoe's situation and feel as though he has apologized and he has atoned for um, his offensive comments or for what anyone might have deemed offensive. And after, you know, completing whatever the the set list of terms that had to be met. So let's say it's a public apology, it's completion of a sensitivity training and uh, so many hours of community service or whatever the, the case may be, but something related to the group of people that have been offended. Once those things have been completed, essentially he should be able to t- return back to work without any further uh, consequence. Now, the, the court of public opinion is something completely different, Boy. but as far as being able to work and earn a check, it, it should be back to business as usual. Well, if there's any situation as to where that's not allowed, then in a unionized situation, you can stop everything. Now it's just, you can be mad about it, but there's not much you can do about it. I'm looking at uh, the last NBA lockout season. You're talking about uh, an entity that has live broadcast television that, that had a full-blown work stoppage. So you have two types of uh, work stoppages. You have strikes, which is when the 
it, the employees or the union employees can't come to an agreement or can't uh, can't ratify an agreement based on the terms that they have and the uh, the owners of the NBA franchises in this case would be um, they, they of course they want work to continue but the players are like nah or you have a lockout where the players want to play but the owners are like nah because you can't meet our demands so that's what the latter is what happened in the 2011-2012 NBA season which normally starts around the middle of October middle to the end of October and runs through April the 2011 2012 season started on Christmas Day and which is which I mean quiet is kept that's the way it should be but that's a different <laughs> conversation uh, I mean that yeah that's a completely different combo now monetarily it didn't impact the NBA as, as much as it could have simply because of an 82 game season 66 games were still played right regular season that is and the playoffs were unaffected however it was still a 149 day standoff of we want versus you get that takes place in the media where everybody can see where everybody's business is exposed and there's you know and and politically speaking when it comes to a work environment it's supposed to be non-retaliatory you would think but we know better yeah retaliation looks different when it's handed down to the person that's receiving it because you can't prove retaliation retaliation is, is an idea you can't prove retaliation without someone telling you it's retaliation I can't I, I can't hire Suave and then go to a Suave Burgundy performance and say I don't like what he's rapping about and then I come I, I return back to the office and I see Suave and I start asking Suave to do demeaning tasks outside the scope of what his job originally was and then I say that you're not performing the duties of your job that that you're supposed to be here for satisfactorily and I'm going to let you go if it's documented that these things happen there is no actual proof that the catalyst for all of this was me watching your performance that shit happens daily Mm -hmm. I'll stop you when you start lying retaliation only looks like this on paper it only looks like this Oh, Swab, I don't like the way you rap. Tell you what, I'm going to start cutting your hours until you change your verses. How many times has anybody ever said anything remotely close to that in a metaphor? I'm going to venture to say very few and the ones who do don't give a shit that they're saying it. They have no care about blowback. And the people they're saying it to have no union to represent them and I'll double down even further and say this is happening in at will states where you can be hired and fired at will thank you for coming mm. we, your services are no longer needed that's unfortunate for you this is also what can happen when you unionize and the only thing that you have to help you is the fact that the union can help supplement your income until they can come to a finding or a, res- a resolution of your uh, expiration or termination of employment. 
I'll, again, I'll stop you when you start lying. <laughs> We're not there yet. The, the fact that all of this is coming from a man tragically passing away and never being seen in the light that he should have been seen in simply because of something that happened over 10 years ago that he's apologized and atoned for is ridiculous. On the flip side, someone who who lends to think that himself as, as a Samaritan, but again, he's walking around with an idea that hasn't been, hasn't been put to paper or executed on uh, in physicality, is Freddie Prince Jr. Actor, screenwriter, former, uh, former uh, creative personnel for WWE has come public many times of saying that he wants to start his own pro wrestling company, sports entertainment company, what have you with things such as health insurance and benefits and also may possibly a, uh, a union. But we've yet to see these things more often than not. We've seen talk of pro wrestling unions that never materialize. Hogan stomped that shit out in the eighties once. Talk about it. Like Jesse Ventura had the idea. I want to say it. If I if I'm remembering the story correctly, like before WrestleMania one, where Jesse Ventura, because of the money that they were making in the eighties and they were getting to it, wanted to stage a coup of starting a wrestlers union right before WrestleMania one, because that is where you'd have the most leverage to twist Vince McMahon's arm. Because you're essentially going to threaten a, a walkout before WrestleMania 1, and his nuts are literally on the line. Pause. You, so you would have to acquiesce to these demands just to get your pay-per-view done. Did you mention, uh, you mentioned Jesse Ventura, right? Did. Let me give you a quote from a book that he wrote called I Ain't Got Time to Bleed. Quote, all through your wrestling career, remember, you're an independent contractor. You're paying out enormous amounts in taxes. There's no pension, no health benefits. And the moment you're not making that draw, the promoters couldn't care less about you. You're a piece of meat. I knew guys that had worked hard for 20 years or more and retired with nothing. Wrestling operated under some of the most unfair working conditions in the country. I don't know how they got away with it for so many years. Mind you, this is a retired, this is an army ranger who turned into a professional wrestler. Continue. Um, and essentially what Hogan ended up doing was uh, he went back and told. <laughs> like, <laughs> all bullshit aside, he just went back and ratted it out. So, I mean, Hogan took the money. Hogan took the, his money versus the money of everybody, which, I mean, you label it what you want to. I know what I call it in my house, but... <laughs> boy like that's one of the times in history where like you really had an opportunity now imagine the crew of the 80s because wrestlemania one is what 1985 85 yes so imagine the type of money professional wrestlers would have been making in 85 6 7 8 and going forward, one of the bigger boom periods in professional wrestling, period. That's in the South, the North, 
It's what Vince is doing. It's what Jim Crockett's doing. It's it's pre WCW, but it's a Hell, whole even, lot of money being made. Even Vern Gagne and to an extent Jerry Jarrett. A union might have saved the territories. Mm. Mm. A, a wrestlers union, if if because what three entities uh, participated in Super Clash? So it, it, it was, it was uh, AWA. Okay, it was World Class. Uh huh. And I believe it was Jim Crockett. No, Super Clash. That was uh, Continental. Continental. Right. So imagine if those three decided to merge. It's like we're losing our ass out here. We'll merge. And then you have a union. I mean, makes it a little different now, doesn't it? So, so now, do you do you have multiple, um, multiple union like as an entities like you know, different union brands, or do you actually have different chapters of the same union? If you do it in professional wrestling, you probably have more. Uh, experience with unions to tell me which one's better okay if you have different chapters you all have the same laws and bylaws you just operate under different labor agreements based on the region or in this case we'd be based on territory however if you have different brands then the laws and bylaws are completely different um an AEW two AEW uh, in, uh, wrestlers that are unionized could not participate in different unions. Like I, like you and I, if we're if we're a tag team, right? In AEW, mm-hmm. I couldn't be part of AEW's union, and you couldn't be part of WWE's union. It just it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't mesh well. In fact, it's a conflict of interest and probably a violation of your uh, of your labor agreement and or your uh, your union contract. Talk to him about it, man. Let these people know. And there's there's so much there's so much more that I want to say. And for obvious to you, I can't. <laughs> yes, for 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 Baggington Securitas and just the fact that hey, we don't you know we you don't know violate we don't violate the money. But for a nominal fee, <laughs> soon to be. <laughs> That's Shit. exactly what we own, buddy. I just want you to know. <laughs> yeah, man. But all that to say this. Um I I, I still don't know that uh with a union that Jay is able to reap the benefits of a of an apology tour, which he probably would have had to do because he he tried the the one-off out of character and then i don't blame him for not continuing forward and in pushing the i'm sorry narrative because if you do it once and you apologize for it it's already done especially in the era of social media and the internet it lives on forever you just hit forward yeah there are many people in many different matter of fact here, here we are i don't know if you saw the news earlier today a sag after uh, after uh, actor Alec Baldwin charged with involuntary manslaughter for something that happened while filming a movie. Mm-hmm. You think they finna scrap that movie and <laughs> and start over from scratch? Here's what's crazy. Outside of uh, his attorney, guess what else he gets? What the deal? Union representation. Mm, Cause it's in the paperwork. And it happened on the clock. 
Mm. It happened on the clock. So I now legally, I'm not going to go into details on that aspect because I don't know I wasn't there. But that fact remains that, at least according to media outlets, this shooting happened, which should have been a prop gun, actually had a, had a, a real bullet and killed somebody on set. Bruh. If there is no if there is no on the clock part of that that I, that I need to know about, please inform me because there is nothing about that that says that that happened casually. Look, <laughs> you don't just really casually shoot somebody, but at work while at working. Work. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like there, there are different levels of things that are protected by this, and if but you're you're worried about something that's, that was said on Twitter back in 2010, 2011. But here's here's the bigger here's a another part of that conversation that's probably going to end up making them kick themselves in the ass. You realize if you just allow a one hour presentation on your network, it's not even a conversation. <laughs> like the the further the further and future ramifications that would spin down from all of this it's a moot point because it's an hour of television that let's be perfectly honest isn't gonna have necessarily the highest viewership in the world but it it'll it's a it makes you as a company in the moment makes you look compassionate because okay there number are extra, one yes no, boy and and nothing works better in the court of public opinion than compassion when you have the upper hand now when you fighting from underneath compassion don't mean shit but when you when you're when you're the air quotes big bad corporation showing compassion is the way to get people off your ass quickly now there are other things besides the 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 statements that needed the apology that was over 10 years ago. Um, and you'll probably know more about this than I would, I do because I wasn't watching as intently during during that time. But there's this whole we've discussed it pr- on previous shows. Yeah, but not in depth. I almost did a whole show on what you're about to talk about. Right. The the <laughs> the involvement of the Confederate flag. You don't get you don't you can't use the Freebirds pass even though they were doing the shit in like 91 92. At, please please inform the listener who does not know cuz I don't want to be the one to do that and I haven't experienced it firsthand. Which which part? Just the part about just the whole Briscoe's Confederate flag merge. All right. That that whole thing. So for point of reference Go back to episode 158 of the Broken Pistol Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast, uh, infused with hip hop. Episode mm-hmm. is called Broken Record. It's available on any anywhere podcast or stream. You can Google it by that name. Uh, BPBC Broken Pistol BC uh, episode 158. All right, so that that's just as your as your as your your reference point. The Confederate flag. It was flown by, or the rebel flag was flown, or a version of that was flown during the uh, the Civil War by the original uh, colony, the original 13 colonies, also known as the Confederate States of America, when they succeeded from the Union. 
the Briscoes hail from Delaware, which is the first state. By default, you're going to be a representative of the Confederacy. Whether you want to be or not, Delaware is synonymous with Confederacy. And during this time where Jay Briscoe was the ROH world champion, he was entangled with an angle or in an angle with uh, Jay Lethal over the world title. And similar to how Stone Cold got a smoking skull and had his own custom belt, Jay Briscoe went out of his way to show his pride because he's a he's a proud Southern boy. People don't consider Delaware the South. It is as old of the South as you can possibly get. You are not New York. You are not New Jersey. Uh, and even though Delaware neighbors New Jersey and Pennsylvania, you are south of those states. So that makes you a Southern boy. You can hear it in his twang. The fact that he and his brother were both chicken farmers shows you that. That in Delaware is small. It is extremely small state. He was proud of his heritage. Now, does that translate onto the reasons why he has his belt? More than likely. But what it means to me as a black man in this country is the fact that you are priding yourself on a the fact that you represent an entity that lost. Number two, you represent an entity that represents everything that's wrong about this country. Theft, rape, pillaging, murder, enslavement, entrapment. All of the criminal things that people get chastised for and that we as black men still get stereotyped for even though we are productive members of society and the most times that you look at us are making more money gross annually than the people that are accusing us of these things through their through eye gazes. In a wrestling environment, people don't tend to think about that. But if you look at it from a non-myopic lens and go bigger than the situation, i.e. real life, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at the the most damaging part of the past of this country that is the most painful for people of color. If anything, if there should have been any ground to chastise Jay Briscoe for his legacy or, or, or any part of Jay Briscoe's legacy, should I say, it should be for that. And we questioned that in episode 158. We also went out of our way to reach out to Jay Briscoe multiple times uh, to get him on this show to no avail. Now, could we could a better job have been done? Hindsight's always 2020. So, you know, there's no telling what could have been done. But we were respectful in our approach and even reached out to people that we knew knew him to try to make this happen. But if you know anything about professional wrestling and the Briscoes and professional wrestling, those guys were busy. Multiple time tag team holders and multiple organizations simultaneously busy. Pro wrestling was, as Jay Briscoe put it, in his bloodline. It's his life's blood. He farms chickens. He uh, he has a landscape business on the side as a hustle, or had landscape business on the side as a hustle, and that's was doing a a, a a few with Matt Hardy while in the Ring of Honor. So. Was that part storyline or was that no partial truth? Any part of that, what I just said for on the negative, we don't know. But what I can tell you is this, as a fan, 
looking at some of the tributes last night, one that stood out to me on AEW Dynamite was Jay Lethal having a Briscoe band around his arm. Let me tell you something. I don't care where you come from in the United States. I don't care who you are. If you don't have a um, if you don't have a disgusted bone in your body when it comes to the Confederate flag, you are either very forgiving, you are not knowledged, dare I say ignorant, or you don't like your own people. On the flip side, if you go out of your way to show tribute to someone that you shared the ring with multiple times, someone that you entrusted your life with multiple times across the world, not across the country, across a couple, couple of cities, across the world, and you shout this man out in that way, there is a genuine love and affection for that person. And I can't have love for somebody who hates me secretly. There can't be secret hatred in a relationship like that. So for a re- for that reason, I'm going to say on I'm going to side with that part of Jay Briscoe didn't exist as Jamin Pugh, maybe as Jay Briscoe the wrestler, but not as Jamin Pugh the human being. And I'm going to again play devil's advocate and say as a network responsible for content that goes out and is distributed to millions and millions of homes across the world whether it's a work or a shoot it doesn't matter because whether it's a work or a shoot and you don't go to great lengths to explain that then the content will hurt and offend the same way it would if it was absolutely intended to be hurtful and offensive. You remember, um, let's say, let's go back to the days of Saturday morning cartoons. Once those cartoons went off and you get the episode to say about a bell. Okay. And then it used to mean wrestlers right behind it, but go ahead. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Say about a bell at 10 at 11. It's time for wrestling. So, you get the episode of Say About a Bell and then it's going to be the one where Jesse, you know, has this thing about pills and they give you a a caution before you before you end up watching the show. They 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 let you know in advance that there's going to be some uncomfortable material uh, d- displayed on this show. Or see, for, go back even further for those of you who watch Different World, World, the episode where Freddie had the the sexual assault situation. You know where Dwayne jumped through the jumped through the sunroof trying to defend her. Man, there's you, you can uh, even for for wrestling fans that who, that have a bit more context. 1996 when Vince McMahon and uh, deemed the Attitude Era prior to an episode of Monday Night Raw. Factual. That is a good one. That it actually is a good one. I was gonna stick on the TV side. Uh, this past season of um, of P Valley, where there was the domestic assault episode, um, they went ahead and made sure that you knew with messaging that there were unco- there was uncomfortable content within this episode. Unless you were going to go out of your way 
to let people know this is completely scripted and playing the part of a confederate racist is person a and playing the part of the oppressed is person b you're not going to get a difference in the way how in the way people feel about it when they see it because professional wrestling has never been about telling you that this is a this is fake or that this is staged or this is scripted or this is something we wrote the idea to get you to buy in and to emotionally invest is to say that all of this is happening for real the suspension of disbelief so to a wrestling fan yeah it might matter to a global content distributor who has you know essentially the court of public opinion to to answer to they don't care about that so again yes they will pick and choose about who who they sit down who they let's call it what it is they they have their choices about who they're gonna drop their nuts on boy you know what i'm saying like it's it's never going to be equal you don't get what you deserve you get what you negotiate it's no such thing as fair it's just it's just what it is so while everything you said would make sense and it's something that probably should be known when you show the footage and there's no explanation there's no pre-explanation attached to that footage they just show you the footage you're going to react based on what you see they're going to because it's going to be shown to you with no context that's the way media kind of works around here so if you were to see that with no context no explanation and you're not a wrestling fan what would you think I would be enraged to numerous levels, you know. Exactly. And 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 to go back just a little bit on this, you're absolutely right. If Jay got away with the the whole thing and part of his character, shame on anything related to Sinclair Broadcasting for paying for that fucking belt. And for allowing it to be paraded the way that they did, because now they're complicit in a crime. So, so okay, exactly. You see, shame on Sinclair Broadcasting. They're they're uh, they're held liable and all these different things. That's exactly how people would handle Warner. The exact same way, just for a different, just for a different offense. And the problem, the problem though with that is, the offense that you're talking about again was apologizing the tone for, and we've seen way more happen for way less. We're also currently watching the shit show of a senator who has lied literally about his entire life on on uh, on television for the world. Right, right. You, for those of you who've ever seen the movie The Distinguished Gentleman, somebody actually pulled that shit off in real life. <laughs> Like, and it's funny because like you have to laugh at it because what else are you gonna do? Because like, truth be told, for you movie buffs, the distinguished gentleman was actually the political version of Billy Ray Valentine, ironically played by the exact same person. Mm. 
and and but here it, it's crazy because like you you're saying with um with the Warner situation, the the offense was apologized and atoned for. The other issue that we just talked about, nobody ever apologized for that. Nope, not at all. There was there, there was no there was no censorship about that. They didn't video distort the belt. It went on and went on for a while. If it was if it was video distorted, I, I would never have known about this whole the whole belt at all because I would have just been watching it. Facts. You would have had to actually be in attendance to see it. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, diff- that's a and, different situation. And, and, you, and you do that to me. I mean, I, I, I remember like, you know, I was for my belief. I, if I could pull it up and tell you based on the on the on the day, because it was for it was for one of my birthdays, probably my 10th birthday. And what happened that night when I got home was that was the night I found that Bruce Brody had got stabbed and, uh, and killed in Puerto Rico that same night. And I was at a Yikes. wrestling show, and I saw. Uh, you, you remember the, the triple the triple cages? You know the uh, the, 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 the tower was like a tri- triple triple stage cage. The the, the WCW stack cages? Not not that one because that one was all the same uh, the same height. The world class one where it was like the twenty by twenty on the bottom, and it kind of went smaller for the middle tier, and then the top tier was like an eight by eight, and that's where the match always ended. Uh, I gotta. I, yeah, I'd have to see that. It, it's almost like you're stacking like like building blocks, but it's like a bigger one and then a middle, like a medium sized one and then a smaller one on top. I mean, it, it still sounds like what what I visualized from the WCW uh, triple cage. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, well, WCW might may, the, may have the, had this. the ready to rumble cage basically. It basically right now, I saw a match between Buddy Roberts uh, versus Michael Hayes, and I at the time I'm in Oklahoma. And and mind you, I had already I've I've met Michael Hayes, Buddy Roberts, and Terry Gordy all at the same time once. And I was about eight years old. I I was man, who didn't watch the Dukes of Hazard? So like all these things like that, that shit you look familiar to you, and you know, and it was only when you get to a certain age that you're you know you're made aware of these things, or or you're able you're able to form your own opinion of these things. I wasn't there yet. But I tell you, this is probably about the time where it started because I remember a guy pulling out a rebel flag from his back pocket, a Confederate flag from his back pocket, and waving it up there. And I was standing next to him because we were talking about the matches the whole night. And he pulls out his rebel flag and throws it up for Michael Hayes, who's on the top of the cage, about to beat the brakes off of Buddy Roberts. And he points down at us, and because I'm right next to him. And that's when I step back. I'm like, why am I standing next to this clown with this bullshit? I, you never want to be associated with something like that as a person of color, no matter what it, no matter what it is, who it is, what it represents. You don't want to be associated with anything like that. And that's when I started becoming a little bit more aware of the things that you know that affected me and, and my family, and have to you know make sure that you don't. You can forgive and never forget, never ever forget. That said, no, go ahead. No, no, no lies told. And then again, it just it just brings me back to that. What happened in Ring of Honor? That wasn't nobody. Nobody apologized. Nobody atoned. Nobody told. So in the in the in the scope of what professional wrestling always has been up until you know its more modern incarnation. Now you didn't reveal. The magician never showed you where the rabbit came from. Exactly. Never showed his tricks. 
but that's what that is and and essentially because of ring of honors seclusion from pop culture that didn't become as catastrophic as it could have been like we're talking about it now and it's in retrospect it's way back then but and there's only a couple of people that we can ask for clarity and while we may get it privately like we could get that question answered privately pretty quickly but as far as publicly that's not in anybody's I don't I wouldn't it's nobody's responsibility but it's everybody's responsibility absolutely so again so now you would look at a at a, at a corporation like Warner not only are you going to take on the heat from that situation that you had absolutely nothing to do with, but then bringing them onto your television opens you up for scrutiny for the things that happened 10 years ago that were atoned for. So it's like... It, it, the cycle continues, man. and, and Yeah, all, pay it forward. All, all we're saying is break the damn cycle. Stop the bullshit. Like you and I can both agree, body of work wise as a talent, there's absolutely no reason that Jay Briscoe should never have been uh, should, should have been banned from cable television. And uh, you know, even if it was in that moment, like we we've seen, we we we've, we've seen people who have been convicted or or, or well, I'm sorry, not convicted, but tried and accused of murder return to television this man did nothing Only the only bleeding he did was that of chickens and of people in the wrestling ring no one died feelings got hurt and to quote anybody with half a heart in the big sack man fuck your feelings get right or get left this is not the this is not the way jay briscoe should make it to the mainstream this is not the way anybody should make it to the mainstream and the fact we're having to have this conversation and he's not able to hear it and the fact that we actually care enough to want to talk to him about his career and we went to go witness one of the greatest matches of his career. Hell, one of the greatest matches of 2022 for damn sure. Easily the greatest match of the weekend that we, uh, uh, a huge weekend of professional wrestling that, that was in our area. And we're talking hundreds of matches. And this was number one. This is not how he should be made a household name is all I'm saying. Just goes to show you, you don't get to choose your legacy. Sometimes it's chosen for you, and it may not be your own fault. Show at brokenpistolbc.com, brokenpistolbc at gmail.com. Chime in, tap in with us. Uh, Facebook group is live. Uh, even hit the comments up. We mean no harm, we come in love. Uh, to the Pew family, to professional wrestling as a whole, 
to anybody that knew and loved Jamin Pugh, aka Jay Briscoe. Peace and love and blessings and, and uh, prayers of strength to you and yours. Suave, take him to the house. Pencil pushes. Heads up, pencils down. <laughs>